0: Welcome to Beyond the Skyline, Black Excellence in Dallas-Fort Worth Commerce, where we delve into the vibrant tapestry of Black-owned businesses, shaping the economic landscape of our community. I am your host, Leslie D. Thompson, and together we embark on a journey to discover the stories, triumphs, and innovations driving entrepreneurship in the heart of North Texas. Join us as we celebrate the resilience, creativity, and success of these trailblazing entrepreneurs and explore the rich cultural heritage that fuels their endeavors. A podcast where every episode is an ode to Black excellence. Visit us online at dallasfortworthblackowned.com and follow us on social media at Dallas Fort Worth Black Owned. Now sit back, settle in, and savor the scenery beyond the skyline. Hi everyone, I am so excited about my special guest today, none other than Miss Charlotte Sharp. Charlettra is the owner of Cup of Vibes Coffee Shop in arlington texas charlettra welcome to beyond the skyline
1: thank you so much i am so glad to be able to talk with you today and just be a part of this sharing of the businesses in our area
0: yes and thank you for accepting my invitation well as we get started i would like to invite you to tell our listeners a little about yourself how long you've been in the dallas fort worth area and just anything that you want to share about the Metroplex itself.
1: Absolutely. So as you stated, I'm Charlotte Sharp. I was born and raised in Arlington. Um, I know that I'm one of the few. (laughs) People are always surprised um, to meet individuals that are like, that have actually uh, been here all of their lives. And so um, I've been here all of my life, um, except for my short stints for college. So I went to Baylor University in Waco, Texas um, for undergrad and Washington University in St. Louis for graduate school. And as a part of those experiences, I also um, spent some time as an exchange student in Mexico, as well as an um, intern in Ghana, wow. in West Africa. And so had those short stints away. But after graduating, um, I ended up moving back to the Metroplex
0: wonderful. Yeah, you are so right. These days, I would say 60% if not more of the people that mm-hmm. I run into are not natives of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So it's really interesting mm-hmm. to meet new people, but I'm mm-hmm. always it's a it's a pleasant surprise when I meet someone speak with someone who is from the Dallas area. I myself I'm also from Dallas. I, I grew up in Oak Cliff and have been here okay. most of my life and I also, you know, lived away when I was in college, yeah. college station, and then about a year and a half in California. But okay. but that's great to know that you you know about Dallas, you know about the Metroplex uh-huh. and and all the things awesome.
1: Yes. I'll mention that my husband, he's also from Oak Cliff, so he went to Carter High School. He would love to have that shout Cliff. out. There, folks. Only in Oak Cliff.
0: <laughs> well, I myself am also a Carter Cowboy, so okay. I, I, hey, you you got yourself a good dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I agree.
0: That is wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, my, my, I along with my three older sisters all graduated from the David W. Carter
1: High School. Okay, the David W. Well, look, I graduated from the James Bowie High School. Okay, okay. Out. Shout
0: out to James Bowie. I love
1: Bowie it. Bowie Balls. I love it.
0: Well, as we're talking about the DFW area, you know, many of the listeners are, are from the area. A lot of people are new to the area. Even those who have established businesses in the area are, are not from here. Many have, have moved from other states and Decided to make Dallas their home and make an imprint with their businesses. So, some of them, even if they've been here for 10, you know, 15 years or more, there's nothing like knowing the city, knowing the Metroplex from you know, having the experience of growing up here. So I want to ask you, what do you find interesting about the DFW area? or What are some of your favorite things to do in the Metroplex? Maybe even something that you remember from your earlier
1: years? Mm-hmm. Now, that's a great question, um, especially because the Metroplex is so different from what I experienced in my childhood. Yep. Um, you know, just yep. with the growth of Um, folks that have moved here from so many other states, a lot of that is just because of the economy and the housing market, um, which also ends up driving the type of businesses that show up in the area. And so, when I think about, you know, growing up here, younger, you know, we typically we would go to church in Fort Worth, and we would do different things in Dallas, whether it was, um, you know, summer activities or Um, concerts and things like that that would come to the area so you you had your specific reasons to go to different communities Um, and when I think of Arlington in particular you know we had six flags yep (laughs) but other than that you know it it, there wasn't a lot and so to look at um, how much is in the area by way of the entertainment district yes and um, the type of tourists that come to the area Um, of course over time you know with the hurricanes that also changed what the area looked like. Mm-hmm. And you ended up having more Cajun restaurants and the daiquiri shops and things like that um, really responding to the new neighbors in the area. So that's really been interesting to reflect on because initially when you're just a resident, you don't always pay attention to like how um, national disasters or the market changes like what, our community looks like um but thinking about it it really has changed like who we serve how we serve um what our activities are here and when I think of like specifically Arlington I think about so much that happens in the entertainment district you know at the AT&T Stadium and Globe Life Field Mm -hmm. um but we also have our little pockets of community that can allow us to be as close as we want to be, or as far away as we'd like to be um, from the tourists and the activities that happen in those areas. But it's really great to be able to have more options um, for different, you know, interests that you may have. And you asked about like what is the most, uh, what do I like to do, the type of things that I like to do. Of course, uh, being busy, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, it doesn't give me a lot of social time, but I really do like to patronize the other small businesses like the hole in the walls. Yes. That's something that I've always liked to do even before being a small business owner is getting to, you know, try out these little holes in the walls, meet the owners, get an understanding of like their why behind the business. Um, and, you know, be able to share my experience with others. So that's something that I love to do in the area.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. I love that. I love that perspective you shared about the impact of the business scene, uh, the impact that we felt from those who who came here from the hurricanes, and you know, I, I don't didn't I never really thought about it that way as far as the presence of the different Cajun restaurants and and things like that. Uh, that is so true mm-hmm. because I think the only exposure when I was growing up. Here in the area to anything Cajun was uh, what? What was the, the guy's name on TV who who had the the cooking show and was always talking about Cajun oh, food?
1: <laughs> yes, I can't remember his name. His name, but yes, you're right. That's like Cajun wasn't even a real term yes, around here. That's all <laughs> I knew.
0: And, unless you traveled, you know, I, I had the opportunity right. to go to New Orleans with my parents, my my dad and my mom back in. I guess probably the the '80s. My dad is a big football fan, and any opportunity my sisters and I had to go with him to football games, we you know we we took him up on those opportunities, and we went. I don't know why it was just me. think I was in sixth grade Mm -hmm. but I took a trip with him and my mom to New Orleans for a football game and you know tasting the food and understanding the culture and different things like that but coming back to Dallas I don't remember much. Now, when Papados came, when Papados came to town. That's what I was going to say, (laughs)
1: Cajun pasta or something, right? Like, (laughs) there were menus that had Cajun pasta, whether that was, like, Fridays. And some of that stuff just even, I think, was added to the menu later on. but. Yes, like Papa or Red Lobster. Well, Red Lobster wasn't even considered Cajun, right? But.
0: <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then Copeland's, I think, was another restaurant. But, oh, but yeah, yes. that's a really great mm-hmm. a great point. Yeah. So when I when I look at the different businesses that are sharing on social media and those that are being highlighted, the restaurants and the food trucks trucks and things like that, mm-hmm. there's definitely that that presence and that influence from our friends who have come from uh, from Louisiana. Great point, great yes, point. And you mentioned Fort Worth. So I grew mm-hmm. up in Dallas, but my dad okay. is from Fort Worth. So we have okay. lots of family members in Fort Worth. And and it was always a, a very different when we would go and, and visit because Fort Worth has yes. a, a different vibe. But it it is sure. its own. And one thing I remember about Fort Worth, now this is as I got older and I began to homeschool my kids, Whenever we mm-hmm. thought about, you know, the museums and the, the different experiences we wanted to take the kids on to uh, to learn more about art, for some reason, mm-hmm. we were always going over to Fort Worth. So I grew a yes. different type of appreciation for the culture that, that is there in the Fort Worth area.
1: Yeah. Yes, no, I would totally agree that, like, in the Metroplex, each of the... I would say, big cities, so to speak, have their own culture. And that's something that a lot of um, neighbors miss out on because we do have a lot to offer in our respect or to take advantage of mm-hmm. in our, you know, hometowns or the cities in which we live that we don't always venture out to the others. And so I'm glad that I was able to have the experiences at a young age to, like I say, go to Fort Worth for church and yes. you know that included eating after church, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then being in Dallas for um, different things as well. And then just later on in life, from a career standpoint, I worked um, a lot in Fort Worth. I worked for the city of Fort Worth and okay. I also worked for the city of Dallas. And so doing that exposed me to so much of like the history, the culture, the politics, the dynamics of those cities way more than I even knew about my own hometown. Mm. So I'm just now at the stage that I'm learning so much about those same um, type of elements of Arlington because I'm a business owner, but I knew so much more about Dallas and Fort Worth because of, uh, you know, being a public administrator.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That it's, it's, I think a blessing to be part of a Metroplex. I mean, there's no shade on, on Houston, but right. I mean, I, I think I think Dallas is better. But
1: <laughs> but <laughs> partial. Like i echo. We are right. We
0: are partial. But it is a blessing to be part of this Metroplex, and I I love explaining to my kids because my younger kids will ask me, you know, different questions because you know, kids grow up and they're just you know in their mm-hmm. city, their school district, and a lot of times they just know what's around them in the immediate in the immediate area. But then I have to explain to them, well, this is Fort Worth. This is Arlington. Well, this is how big Fort Worth is. This is how big Arlington yes. is. Well, this is how small Mansfield is. <laughs> this right. is how big Grand <laughs> Prairie is. So, so yeah, it's great that we have, um, you know, the Metroplex. And then we have our northern cities. I am excited about yes. interviewing some of the business owners that are out in Collin County and Denton County yeah. uh, because we just have so much, so much to offer. Well, back to your business. Um, So Mm -hmm. I have a few questions for you just so we can get to know you as a a business owner, what you have to offer, how you got started and different things. So let me know when you decided you wanted to become a business owner. What was your inspiration? What inspired you that you wanted to start a business?
1: Yeah. So it's like so many layers to that, but, but I'll be short. <laughs> um, I, I, I'll mention, so years ago, um, my husband and I had been thinking about like, what would we do, um, from a business standpoint. And so we had actually considered a donut shop. Um, we were looking at a franchise to have locally. Um, and so that was a little while ago and then we kind of just moved away from it, but it was really during the pandemic, um, that the coffee shop became an idea and so we really moved forward on that of course because the coffee shop is now open but Mm -hmm. it it was inspired by a few things one is my background in social work and I call it macro social work so I mentioned being a public administrator um so I've done a lot around community development and neighborhood development and so there's a concept called a third place and a third place is a place um Behind outside of work um, and home that gives you a sense of belonging. Hmm. And so during the pandemic, since I was working remotely, um, I missed being in a community-based coffee shop um, where you would see different elected officials Mm -hmm. and the neighbors from the area um, because I would frequent one in um, Fort Worth. And so okay. during the pandemic, I was just like, our neighborhood has nothing that allows you to like engage socially in a safe way mm-hmm. while COVID is spreading. Yeah. And you know, it, so a coffee shop would be that thing, right. Where you could still um, be able to be safe and over to the side, but still have someone that you see that you can speak to and say hi, mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, if you had a meeting and things like that. And so, that was the initial thought is just kind of the desire to have community in a safe way. And then the civic unrest, um, came from the George Floyd situation. And there were some folks that, uh, there was some controversy related to how Starbucks had handled a matter, um, related to black lives matter. Yeah. And in the DFW black owned restaurant group, people, were you know dialoguing about it and they said where are the black-owned coffee shops yeah and this is after the coffee shop idea had come but in that response people could only mention um black-owned coffee shop a black-owned coffee shop in Fort Worth and one in Dallas and there was nothing in between at that Mm -hmm. time and so that really was just like oh my gosh yes I have to do this um, and I thought that I was going to get out of it because I thought my husband was going to say, no, it's not the time. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's not do this. Um, but he supported the idea, and family members were encouraging and holding me accountable to timelines, and so that that was it. It's really, you know, my desire um, to build community in the area, but also to fill the gap so that our neighbors would have options outside of you know what existed through just like the traditional change. Yeah,
0: I love that. So you you wanted to meet a need, uh, fill a mm-hmm. fill a gap. And I, I hadn't never heard of that term a third yeah. place. Yes, so ma'am. so you're thinking about what I love about that is that you're thinking about meeting a need not only for yourself because it's something that you right. said that you were were blessed to have this place to go, but realizing that this is something that you know, you realize if, if, if there's something that I benefit from, so many other people will mm-hmm. benefit from it. And I think that is where That's a right. lot of businesses are born from seeing that need, but not just a need in a in a in um, a sense of what other people will want and what will be profitable, but something you can connect to personally. I love okay. that. I love that. OK, continue on. Did you Absolutely. want to share anything else on that?
1: Yeah, so the other part that I was just mentioning is, you know, because I mentioned my background as a social worker, I also knew that um, becoming an entrepreneur would increase the opportunities that I would have as a social worker. Mm. So I was able to increase or I've been able to increase community impact as an entrepreneur in a way that I may not have ever even been exposed to as a social worker. Okay, okay. And so that that was just the other component of being really intentional about um, taking advantage, you know, um, not in a negative way, but in a, in a positive way to kind of uplift the community and have other voices, another voice at the table um, in these circles that are typically frequented by business owners and elected officials and not necessarily um, the general public. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. And what are some examples of that, of how you've been able to incorporate that community feel within your, within your coffee shop?
1: Yes. So just um, something as small as hosting um, coffee with the police.
0: Okay. And
1: at our coffee shop, that hasn't been something that's been in Southeast Arlington. And Southeast Arlington is the most diverse part of the city. And so I know coffee with the cops has been something that's happened before, but it's rare that it happened in our, in our area. And if it did happen in our area, um, it wasn't marketed directly to who I would say my neighbors are. And I say my neighbors, meaning I live in this community, Mm -hmm. but then also the neighbors that are like immediately around the coffee shop.
0: I love that. And so
1: just being able to host, those type of events at the coffee shop has engaged neighbors who haven't been civically involved. Mm -hmm. Um and you know there are people that come in the coffee shop all the time that are looking to buy a house in the area. And so I'm able to talk about, you know, the schools in the area or, you know, the highways and just different things that you don't get that experience if you just walked into a chain restaurant Mm. of someone who is only there to sell the product, yeah. you know. Yeah. Our mantra is brewing community, serving culture, and you know, I I hope that everyone experiences that no matter who it is that is at the shop. Yes. <laughs> um, that brewing community, serving culture experience.
0: I love that. I love that, and and so it's almost like a hub that represents mm-hmm. what this community is about, but also a place to of a safe place to be able to address whatever their issues those issues that may come up regarding um, either civic issues or as you mentioned Mm -hmm. a lot of this was born out of what we saw during the pandemic uh, a place to be able to discuss these matters that are still relevant and and saying we haven't forgotten you know because there was a lot of things that came up during 2020 where people it was, it was in their face. People were sharing about it. Right. Things were on the news. There were unfortunate incidents that were coming out that we felt that we needed to immediately respond to or just comment or rant about. But I love the fact that you have this hub, this place where you're saying, this is a place where we are serving as a resource to continue this conversation and a place yes. where if something does come up, you know that this is where we can have those discussions and be able to address or or be able to rally around what's needed to bring about change or to allow people to share their voices Yes, ma'am. I love that. See, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I did not know that about yeah. your about your business. Of course, I've been there and frequent uh, your shop before my kids have come there to sing. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is a wonderful conversation learning more about your why and more about what your uh, your mission is brewing community serving culture.
1: Yes, ma'am. Thanks
0: so much. So let's move to uh, the section of our conversation where we talk about things that could be helpful to other business owners or aspiring business owners. So can you share a defining moment or a challenge that has shaped your entrepreneurial path and maybe share some strategies that have been crucial to your business's growth and success?
1: Yes, I was thinking about that and I think it's such a great question when you talk about defining moments and challenging moments because every stage of the business, you know, um is going to experience a moment, a moment or two. <laughs> and um I would say like the initial challenge was just, you know, going through the process of building out a brick and mortar space, you know. Uh from scratch, you know, it was just a slab of concrete. Mm. And so having to go through the process of selecting contractors and, um, you know, being able to work with the city for permits and then, of course, having financing in place and um, dealing with the, the unexpectancies, you know, that affect the timeline just, you know, yep. so much that really stretched me in a lot of ways because I'm a planner and I felt like I had a very conservative timeline, but people had warned me that it doesn't matter how conservative <laughs> you are, you're not going to be able to plan fully for this experience, right, you know? Right, and so, And uh, so that was, it really, really stretched me just kind of as an individual to be more flexible. And of course, depend on my faith because I am a person of faith. Um, yes. And so really being able to, trust God, you know, without that safety net, um, I really had to live that out. And so what I would say and what I do say, um, to others who are either aspiring business owners or, you know, or just growing as a business owner is you have to get to, to become vulnerable enough, Hmm. um, to others to get the support that you need. And that can be challenging because you can't share your vision with everyone. You know, sometimes it can be hard to trust, Amen. Um, but it's so necessary when you're a business owner, because you're only going to be able to go so far by operating on your own independent ideas and processes. Right. Mm. And so the more vulnerable that I came of just like casually talking about, you know, what I had in mind with vision and decisions I was making, then it would be just the most random people that would say, Oh, let me connect you to this person. Or have you heard of this? Or what about this? And, you know, a lot of times we don't want to share is because if it's our baby, you know, we're critical. Mm -hmm. We don't want the criticism. And we're like, I got this. Right. But there's, you know, value on the other side that, you know, being sharing those things, um, can open up, open yourself up to resources and opportunities that would not have existed if you didn't, you know, stop safeguarding so much of your vision. Mm. So I thought that was something really important. That you know, you you also have some negative experiences with that because you'll share something and say, "Oh my gosh, I just told them about this," <laughs> and look at what you know. So you you have to be willing to, um, you know, deal with the unintended consequences but also you know again from the faith standpoint trust that you know god will direct you Absolutely. and connect you with those who uh, are safe to have those conversations with um and that at the end of the day we know that all things work together for the good come on, so come even, on, now. even if someone <laughs> even <laughs> if someone else had you know um, a malicious intent they'll ultimately you know it's not that weapon won't prosper type thing. Yes,
0: so yes. we're all
1: uniquely in our own lanes and can only um, do business in the way that you know we individually can show up. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that that's been a great learning experience. And you for said me that something. You excuse
0: me real quick, but you mm-hmm. said something. I had to write down, and I can see how this is applicable not only in business but in relationships and in life in general. Mm-hmm. You said you're only able to go so far, depending on your own ideas and processes yeah. that will preach right there because <laughs> the whole message. We, it, it, literally, <laughs> because we can get, get tunnel vision into thinking that this is the way that I want to do it. I'm so excited because, you know, I got this vision. I know what I'm going to do. I'm, you know, I have this, I, I, I can picture how this is going to work out. But realizing that as great as your idea is, you can only go so far just depending on your own idea, your own way, your own way of doing it. So we have to open up ourselves to listen to whether it is advice from someone who's been there before or someone who has observed something and they're like, want to just like pull you to the side and say, hey, this is a thought that I have. So in, in, in relationships, you know, we can only mm-hmm. go so far <laughs> depending yeah. on our own idea and our own process. So we have to allow people into our relationship to be able to say, I'm going to walk through this with you. Hey, I see that you're doing this little thing right here that you might need to tweak. You might need to right. listen to some wisdom mm-hmm. here. So I love that. And I love that you're not just someone who's talking about it from a, a perspective of, i want to get there but you actually saw it through and you pushed through what those challenges were and you saw everything come up you saw things being painted you saw your sign coming up you mm-hmm. you, you got all your pos set up and you got your first sale so you persevered through all those challenges and i have a question for you on that okay. what kept you going when you when you got to those points where you know You said you're a planner, and I'm sure at the beginning you could see that these are the steps that I need to follow, but then now something crept in that you hadn't planned for. Was it discouraging, disheartening at times? And if so, what kept you going and and kept you from just saying, okay, well, that was a great idea, but this is too hard?
1: Yeah, that's a good question because, you know, some things that we experienced um, when I think about it now, I'm like, Oh, I don't know how I kept pushing, <laughs> you know, during that. But I think it's partly, you know, because we at first of all invested so much yeah. um, on the front end, you know, you sign contracts and things like that, you know, for the space and with contractors, and yeah. you know, you want to fulfill those commitments. So it was beyond an idea at that point. <laughs> when the challenges that started happening, mm. it's like we're in this thing, you know. <laughs> no
0: turning
1: back. Um, and so, exactly, so it's a risk on either side, right? You can quit and deal with all of what comes with quitting when you have contractual obligations, mm-hmm. or you can keep going, you know, and 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 trust that on the other side of it, you know, that there's light at the end of the tunnel. But I don't feel, I mean, there were some discouraging moments just as far as like, and I say discouraging, it more so was just the frustrating moments of like, this shouldn't take this long. Why isn't this like this? Or, you know, yeah. just looking at the system of how things go and, um, you know, thinking about how much planning that I tried to do from a due diligence standpoint that, you know, I'm like, why? It just, you know, shouldn't take all of this. So, um <laughs> But I think that it really was for one, the investments that have been made, but my husband hadn't given up either. Mm. And so I think that would have been more challenging if he was saying, okay, this was a good, good idea. I was in support, but uh, <laughs> why aren't we open yet? We haven't sold anything <laughs> yeah, yeah. yet. Um, you know, so that's part of it. But then the other part of it as well is we both were still working full-time jobs. Okay. And so there was this security too of like we hadn't used up all of our financial resources. Mm. Um, I think that there are different business owners that take different approaches, and a lot of times, you know, you use up all your own finances, and you know your, your household is affected, and you can't even go and get more capital because you've used up what have been what would have been considered as a collateral, yeah. and so. I had some good um, advice early on on like, you know, you don't want to get too much debt, but you also don't want to use up, mm. <laughs> you know, all of your family's resources so that you don't have anything to fall back on. So that was part of it. And then just, you know, like I said, my faith, um, it really was like, okay, Lord, I need you to show up. And so um, he was really intentional to drop different um for favor to be, to pop up at the right time. So like immediately after I had created the LLC and I went to, uh, it would be little things. Like I was looking for a coffee school. I was like, how do people learn about all of this? And you know, the moment you say something out loud, uh, Google big brother, hears everything you say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so on social media, there was Texas coffee school. That popped up on my timeline. I'm like, oh, there's an actual, like, school for this? And I look it up, and it's literally in Arlington, like, wow. less than, you know, five miles <laughs> from the coffee shop location. And so I was just like, what? Like, how? You know, so it would be little things like that that just, like, I see you guys, you know? Yeah. Um, And then I applied. The, the Tarrant County um, Community College had created a new opportunity called Everyday Entrepreneur Venture Fund. Okay. And there were hundreds of applications and I was one of nine people selected for their first cohort. Wow, what a blessing. And which included a grant opportunity. So it was those things that were happening. Like I didn't have a space leased or anything at that point that I'm like, okay, I'm on to something. Like they believe in my business plan, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So it was just little things like that that kept... um, being those uh the the affirming um i guess yeah yeah, my affirmations and just encouraging despite all of the other things that were happening behind the scenes the community um was acknowledging the need and affirming us to keep going just by you know the honors that were coming out you know as we you know shared our vision Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. well kudos kudos to you and I want to I want to go back to your, uh, to your your model brewing community serving culture. So, mm-hmm. in that, I'm gonna it, it just kind of paint try to paint a picture. Imagine you know me coming in. I'm new to the area. I, I understand that this coffee shop exists not just to serve coffee. But to impact the community to um, enlighten and to support mm-hmm. those who are you know either there to visit or who live in the area, so i'm I'm coming up to your your counter, I see your menu. Tell me about your products. Tell me about you know what I might be looking to purchase, so what can make me feel warm on a cold day or, I mean, yeah, on a cold day (laughs) or what might cool me off or give me a, a pep or some energy. Tell me about what you serve.
1: Very important question, right? Because <laughs> we are a coffee shop and I get so excited about all of the ultimate, like our objectives and the vision that it's like, okay, well, if I come today, what, what do I get? Yes. And so we do um, have your traditional offerings, um, such as your cappuccinos, your lattes, um, matcha, chai. Um, we offer baked goods, which includes croissants and muffins and chocolate chip cookie. So we have those traditional offerings that you see at a lot of other coffee shops, but what really makes us unique is we have signature offerings that really speak more to the community that's around us Mm. um, to, to our neighbors that, you know, frequent the area, but just like that represents the diversity in the area. And so what I mean by that is, for instance, we have a signature, drink that's called the Odom ninety seven. And the Odom ninety seven is tribute to the first and only minority mayor of Arlington, mm. former mayor LZ Odom. And you know
0: yeah, as
1: <laughs> yeah and and I would say coincidence, but it's not coincidental that, you know, it is our bestseller. Wow. It has mocha, hazelnut and Irish cream and people love to order it. And we didn't add it to the menu until Mr Odom actually drink it and approve it. okay i <laughs> and love it. so we that. have a picture of him mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we have that on the menu we have Orchata latte which is really popular for all of our neighbors but it's you know a tribute or you know it's inspired by the traditional hispanic drink um or chocolate okay and so um and then chai that is which is the black tea and we teach our neighbors that we don't say chai tea, even though that's very common on a lot of menus because chai means tea. Mm. <laughs> and so when you say chai tea, then you say what?
0: TT. Oh, is
1: that? <laughs> TT. And we don't sell TTs. <laughs> we have TTs, but we don't sell TTs. And so, you know, we, we, we really are intentional on, um, again, providing information in a non intrusive way, okay. whether it's through our menu or display boards um and so we do we have those on the menu um and we have smoked chicken salad Mm. (laughs) I should mention that there would be neighbors that would be like oh my gosh I can't believe she didn't mention that (laughs) so we sell smoked chicken salad regular and spicy and it's just kind of a part of like it's a common staple you know (laughs) that um many of our neighbors like and it's a light bite that you wouldn't find on other menus um In the same way that we also have peach cobbler chai and blueberry cobbler chai. And we have a drink that's called the perfect verse, um, which is brown sugar and chai. And that name comes from the movie Brown Sugar. Nice. Where there's a verse in it that says, you're like a perfect verse over a tight beat. (laughs) So we do little things like that where it's like, if you know, you know. And if you don't know, we're going to tell you about it so you can know too.
0: (laughs) So you're being educational in more more ways than one.
1: Yes, ma'am. I
0: love that. I'll have to come in and try some of those.
1: Yeah. Definitely,
0: yeah. I'm I'm making notes and thinking about all the different tastes that that we have. I'm a definitely a hazelnut person, and one of yeah. my, my <laughs> girls is into to chai, not chai tea, but chai. Okay, me, taught me something today. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I, and we do have the alternative milks as well. So okay. I know that they're a lot of folks that are conscious about, you know, their dairy intake. And so Absolutely. Um, we do have, you know, of course, whole milk, 2%, half and half, but then we also have oat milk and almond milk.
0: Okay. Okay. So y'all go and check out Cup of Vibes. You know, when you you're, yes, you're, please. you normally may do that afternoon. You're trying to find that pickup and you want to, to, to pull up into to one of the more um, one of the bigger named shops you can actually come to a place that is brewing community and serving culture, and you're you're supporting this business, this Black-owned business, and you are also um, just investing in the community. So I love that. Y'all take some notes on what she said that uh, they have on the menu, some of the best sellers, and be on the lookout for new things that are probably coming. Thank you for sharing that, Charlotte. Well, I want to go back You're to welcome. your your business and mm-hmm. ask you about um, what are some of the, the strategies or tips or things that you have implemented that have been crucial to your growth and success?
1: We're continuing to evolve. So, you know, we, we have these strategies that we've deployed that there's always opportunities to strengthen. But what I've been very intentional on um, from day one is having a consistent experience, yeah. and so um, you know, with our baristas and all of my baristas have been with me for at least a year, okay and we've only been open a year and a few months. Mm, and so that says they, a they've lot. Been with me for a while, yeah. That that's that's been a blessing because I know that's not everyone's experience, mm-hmm. um, but I'm really intentional about you know how they engage, and we all have different personalities, and so. Um, It doesn't show up the same with each barista, but I want it to be that every neighbor has a consistent experience from the standpoint of knowing that they're going to receive a greeting when they come in and a quality beverage and, you know, a bye-bye, see you later Mm -hmm. when you leave and that we're also going to be checking on you to see if you need anything else while you are there. And I think that has gone a long way because, you know, the generations to come. And I think consumers overall are not just um, buying products just because it's the product they want. They're making choices based on how they feel when they are there and how they are treated. I know that I'm one that I will walk out of a place if no one speaks to me, (laughs) you know? And so it's those type of pet peeves that really uh, make me be intentional on how we show up as well. And, and I, and it's, you know a given that people are not going to always like everything there's going to be drinks that we think is the best concoction ever and someone says it's gross you know mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know my my strategy or our strategy is to make sure that they can leave knowing about something that they like you know mm-hmm. and so we we'll, we're going to talk about what else can you try or are you willing to try because Ultimately, we want them to be pleased with the experience they have when they walked out the door, yeah. even though they may not have liked everything about it mm-hmm. from, you know, the mm-hmm. moment they walked in. So, you know, I think that's just really big. And that a lot of that has to do with the social work part of me, too, and just, you know, um, meeting people where they are and being able to build rapport um, in an informal setting. So that's been really important, as well as um, utilizing social media and being intentional on appealing to the type of individuals that walk in our shop. And so there's a huge Muslim community that's in the area. Mm -hmm. So I have to think about, you know, what are things that, you know, appeal to their community and, you know, the way they eat and what they drink and, um, but still also staying true to what the vision is. So, um, it, 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 that strategy is really knowing the community as well Um, because, again, there are some businesses that their model is really just about production and revenue, which is important because it's not a nonprofit. It's a business. Mm -hmm. But again, when you think about the behaviors and what drives consumers to come again, you have to know something about them. And so that's been um, really important for me um, to continue to do is engage the community and have, you know, great customer service. Yeah,
0: that customer service is is always key and you're right. That is what what sticks with us as as consumers you know, when we leave or oftentimes what we think about when we decide you know, where we're going to go, where we're Mm going to, you know, there's one thing to go somewhere to pick up a cup of coffee, but like you mentioned as far as providing an atmosphere where I may want to go and do some homework or get some work done or or have a, a work meeting I think about the vibe <laughs> of the place yes. that I'm, I'm coming to be, you know, to, to disconnect from, you know, the other things that I've had going on in life or to connect with someone. I think about all those things. And I remember when my kids and I came, it was an extremely cold day. I yes. think it was, it was in December because they were coming to, mm-hmm. to sing, you know, some Christmas songs and your baristas were so, you know, helpful and, you know, engaging with us. And, you know, they did a great job explaining your offerings and allowed my kids to, you know, taste a couple things before they decided what they were going to order. So you have done a mm-hmm. phenomenal job with that. And that says a lot to have those individuals who have been with you for that period of time, you know, low turnover. They, You must be doing something right. <laughs> Um, And I'll throw this out there. I don't know what you think about it, but our kids' band is Caramelody. So if you ever are looking for a new drink, hint, hint, (laughs) that you might want to name after the band with some caramel flavor, hey, just throwing that out there. Just throwing it out there. (laughs) But we had an absolutely – great experience when they came out to sing and and hoping to have them come back and join you guys again in the future. So my last question I have for you is how do you see the future of your industry evolving and what role does your business play in that evolution?
1: Very important question um, especially when we talk about the coffee industry because although there is a lot of history related to the black community particularly Africans as it relates to coffee beans and um so so the black community has always been a part of the coffee industry but the face of the industry has typically been a white male Mm. and so when you look at you know individuals that are considered coffee connoisseurs or on the cutting edge um, you know, and have, have the most impact uh, in coffee is usually a white male. But as we've evolved, and again, a lot of what happened during the pandemic and um, you know, the unrest that was related to the George Floyd situation and just a lot of things that have happened with the economy, there has been a lot of diversity that has come um, into the industry. So you do see a lot more minority owned uh, business owners that are opening up. Not only the independent coffee shops, but they're buying franchises in the coffee industry. Yeah. And so that's really um, been something that's happening within the industry. And I feel like I know that I'm a part of that even because i see the competitors on how they have been showing up you know Mm -hmm. since i've come into the community like what shows up on their menu and Mm -hmm. what type of events they're starting to host at their shops you know and and competition is healthy for us you know and so you know ultimately if my goal is brewing community um and serving culture i don't only want that to happen through cup of vibes i want it to be um you know a call to action to other business owners that consider themselves as community-based shops so that i feel like that we've already been a part of that by pushing others in the community to show up in that way even though that hadn't been a part of their you know original strategies Mm. but they're they they see that oh i'm not doing that (laughs) and maybe i should you know and it's drawing different folks to them for those ways so i think that we'll continue um To have a role in that and, you know, challenge um, the communities, but also increase the quality, increase the expectations that our neighbors can have because, you know, I have folks that come in all the time and say, well, we came here because you have the best review in the area. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, it should be that others in the area should say, how do we make sure that we're doing better at our customer service? Because we have options. You know, there are other options and people don't have to come to us if they're not having a great experience. And so um, I'm glad that we are a part of the coffee industry. And that, again, even though the black community has had a role in the industry, since the inception of coffee making that we are now a part of the, we are a face now as well. Yeah.
0: I love that. And what a mature way of viewing your, the neighboring businesses as a healthy competition. And that shows that you have a, an invested interest or vested interest in the community and not just your own, you know, opportunity to, to build wealth as an individual. And that's important because you are raising the bar and you're showing that you, you care that the people who are patronizing the businesses in, in that, that the immediate area, that you want them to have a great experience when they're buying their chicken, when they're buying their groceries, right. <laughs> when they're going to, to fill up their gas tanks. You know, all the things that we have to do, you're saying I exist in this community to make an impact uh, not in the way, not only in the way that I'm doing it in my four walls, but also um, inspiring the businesses in the area to to step up to the plate as well. I yes, love maybe. it, love it, love it. All right, thank you so much for sharing that. I think that no matter what area the the business owners who are are from, when they're listening to this podcast. What you are sharing is insights that can help businesses, you know, aspiring businesses in the Fort Worth area and Ellis County, um, Collin County, to see themselves and their presence in their community and the audience that they serve as being beyond just serving a, a product or providing a service. Although those things are very important you have brought home the importance of making an impact on individuals and then also the businesses that are around them. And so I think that's just such a a unique offering that you have as a business owner. It shows a lot of, you know, I guess your background that you have that you mentioned in social work. It's almost like you think about a teacher who may be able to teach math really well or teach science really well, but you can tell, if they care about students (laughs) you know yeah you can get up there and talk about chemistry Mm -hmm. but do you (laughs) care about that student who may otherwise be a a, a, you know do very well in your class but is having some issues at home and you see the the change on the look on their face and why they're not excelling this six weeks where last six weeks they were you know um knocking it out the park so that is, is such a value to have as a business owner and as a leader in the community. So thank you for sharing that. I know that you will inspire others as they are listening to this podcast and even young people, because I encourage, you know, as you're listening to this podcast, speaking to the audience, as you are listening to this podcast, if you are thinking about young people who right now have talked about, you know, wanting to be a business owner, be an entrepreneur or wanting to be an influencer on social media or just may not even know that this is something that they may be good at, please invite them to listen to this episode, to listen to the podcast, because I think as we hear these stories and we hear this inspiration, we see business in a different way. We see it more than just a place where we are giving our money, but we see it as these are individuals who put in this hard work, (laughs) blood, sweat, and tears to see a vision through uh, fruition. But they also had a significant why as to why they are doing that to impact those who are going to be affected by it. So Charlotte, I know what you are doing is going to leave a legacy. And so as people are Sharing this episode with young people and they're listening to your story of success and coming in to support your business, you're going to see more and more fruits of your labor and fruits of your faith, you and your husband, the faith that you guys had to just step out and say, uh, this is what we want to provide to the community and we're going to stick it out and see it through. So I wish you all all the best (laughs) in your business endeavors and what you all are doing to impact the community. Thank you so much. So speaking of that, can you share with us just some things that you have coming up, whether it's events or specials or things that we can do to support you to patronize Cup of Vibes?
1: Yes, I would love to share that every first Saturday of the month, we do have Open Mic, um, and it's free. Um, it's hosted by Mike Wynn Entertainment um, in partnership with Cup of Vibes. And so we invite all of the community um, to come. Um, we, we pride ourselves yeah. on having a, a vibe and experience that's comfortable for all ages. And, you know, so <laughs> we, you're not going to get all of the riffraff. <laughs> um, we're, we're intentional about who gets, you know, on how we show up so that everyone that attends feels comfortable and so that's you know of course the poetry singing we've had comedians we've had mus- musicians and so um every first Saturday at Couple of Vibes at at 7 um, to 9 p.m. Um, we do that the open mic with Mike Gwen entertainment so we'd love for you to come out there um of course this month is Black History Month and so What we did for the first time last year, and we've been able to do again this year, is we welcome nominations from the community of Black leaders who have an affiliation with Arlington. And we've allowed the community to vote for individuals Mm. that would inspire drinks that we offer during Black History Month. And so we just um, had our selections. We announced our selections this week based on community vote. And so there is Malik Johnson, Lisa Thompson um, and also Anthony Grissett, who were selected uh, this year um, to inspire our Black History drinks. And so those will be um, we're still working on the concoctions, but we'll have display boards um, in the shop where people are able, able to not only taste these great drinks, but also learn how those three individuals have contributed either in Arlington um, or in other communities wow, but they how that they have some type of affiliation.
0: So I can Arlington. see that definitely as something that, you know, listeners, if you are listening to this in, in within the month of February and even thinking about next year, it's a great place, I think, to bring your young people because, you know, coffee shops, I think it is becoming a little bit more popular for uh, for older high school students to go and you know, hang out at a coffee shop, but even if you're young people, if it's not their thing, I think that would be a great opportunity to bring them to a place because they learn about black history. They, they see movies, they hear things on the news perhaps or read books. But to come to a, a local establishment where they can support the business, but then also learn about some of our, our living uh, leaders, you know in who are making black history. Uh, through these drinks that you guys have, have come up with. So if you are listening and you have young people, I want to invite you guys out to Cup of Vibes so you can be teaching your kids uh, some Black history as they come and support. And what is your address there in, in Arlington?
1: Yes, we're, we are at 800 East Sublet Road, Suite 170. Um, That's in South Arlington, um, in between Matlock and Collins. Again, that's 800 East Sublet Road.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, guys, we encourage you to visit our website where you will find information and links to the wonderful products and services offered by all of the guests of our show, as well as information on other Dallas-Fort Worth Black-owned businesses you can find us at essentialpodcastnetwork.com or at dallasfortworthblackowned.com and charlotte you want to share with us your social media and your website please
1: yes ma'am the website is vibes. that's with no f and it's an s instead of a z so cupobibes.com. And then at O Vibes on Instagram as well as Facebook.
0: Awesome. And we will have those links on our website as well. So if you are listening to this later, you'll be able to go to our websites and see information on all the guests of our show. If you would like to recommend a business owner to be part of our podcast, uh, to be part of our website, Dallas Fort Worth Black Owned, please get in touch with us at info at essentialpodcastnetwork.com and I will get you information on how you can get involved. Well, that does it for today's episode of Beyond the Skyline. Thank you again for joining me. It has been a pleasure, Charlotte. just learning more about you and what you have to offer to the community and your passion for connecting um, people with your, with your business and with our culture and I wish you the very best in your business. As I mentioned before, anything that, you know, we can be a part of to help support, we definitely want to do that. So guys, please stay tuned for more inspiring stories from the diverse world of black-owned businesses in Dallas-Fort Worth. And until next time, make it a great one. Bye-bye.